Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This might at least be tied for the dumbest thing I say throughout the entire calendar year, but, but I believe it, so I'm just going to go ahead and blurt it out. This defense can still be elite. Yes, I said elite. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I happen to offer programs on those subjects as well. Make sure you check out my daily shots of Penguins and Pirates in the same place you found this. Steelers practice yesterday for the first time, starting to get some bodies back on Miami week, looking like they'll be a good bit healthier against the Dolphins than they were just now against the Buccaneers. That's promising. That's also pivotal particularly on the defensive side. Because the chasm that exists between what we all witnessed, and it was real, in that first half of the season opener against Cincinnati, and what we've seen most of the rest of the time, is painful. And it is enormous. And it's got to be solved. Yes, I get it. It won't be completely solved. It can't be until TJ Watts back. And even then, you want to make sure that TJ is at some healthy percentage, even if it isn't at 100%. But between the torn pec and the knee scope that he just had while he was out, uh, there's no way that's happening before the bye week. But once it does, once it does, good luck convincing me that it can't happen, that they can't be elite, because I'm going to say this again, it did happen. And it did happen against the defending AFC champs on their turf. That's the reality of this team's potential when everyone's available. And I understand that's, you know, not something that you can just, you know, snap your fingers and make happen. It's not. But it's also something worth playing toward. You know, we've talked a lot about uh, these past few weeks about how to handle the, the mental approach to being where they are in the standings and everything else here. Right now, as I see it, this is a football team that's one game out of first place in its division, which is the only place that this stuff counts. Because if you finish first in your division, you're in the playoffs. Doesn't matter what else happens while also needing mainly to buy time for this defense to get it all back together. Now, what would also help, in addition to, obviously, a couple of additional surprising wins in Miami and Philadelphia, I'm setting the bar really high here on purpose, is if the team and the replacement players that are out there, the reserves, continue 
to get better because now you're building a deeper roster in addition to working toward a better one. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. But let's get real, though. Let's put names to it. Let's look at what's actually happened since TJ's been out. Yeah, the results have been lousy. Yeah, the run defense was a deep disappointment at times. But a lot of that looks like it's been corrected or at least upgraded. If you go back over the the film, for example, from the Tampa Bay game, you'll see that both Cam Hayward and Larry Ogunjobi were outstanding. And the guys who came in, who spelled them on the defensive line, did pretty well, including Isaiah Loudermilk getting his first hat. If you look at the pass rush overall, it's still lacking. That's because Malik Reed's just been putting up zero after zero after zero. And that's in and of itself been a disappointment from a guy who had 13 sacks over the previous two years in Denver. But opposite him, Alex Highsmith's become a more complete, more dangerous player. He is the NFL leader in sacks with 6.5. It's amazing to me how that seems to be getting zero traction in Pittsburgh. He is number bleeping one ahead of a whole lot of big-time names right behind him. The inside linebackers, I mean, we can go over the Devin Bush saga back and forth all day long, but there's nobody that would dispute that Miles Jack has been a terrific investment for the team. There's no one that should dispute, particularly after this past Sunday, the value that Robert Spillane brings and also why Mike Tomlin Terrell Austin and Brian Flores aren't shy about utilizing him even on third and long situations because they see him as being kind of a brainiac out there. What he lacks in athleticism, he more than makes up for in his ability to read situations. They like what they get from him in that context. Yeah, Now, when somebody does catch the ball in front of him, it looks pretty bad. But I'm going to trust their ability to study film and make the right call in something that's as unusual as that particular assignment. And then there's the secondary. We don't even know. We don't even know what the Steelers have in that regard, do we? You know you've got Minka Fitzpatrick, but did you know that Terrell Edmonds could make an impact on a game the way that he did Sunday? Probably not. I'm not sure that I did, and I'm kind of a TE booster. DeMonte Casey is back on the field and practicing and looks like he could return Maybe even Sunday. And that'd be something for those of you who follow this team outside of the regular season. You'll recall that in the preseason and in training camp, the Steelers were utilizing this unusual three safety formation that they had anticipated would become a big, big part of their defense. Couldn't use it because Casey went down almost right away. Well, he'll be back. And then there's the secondary. There were all kinds of legit worries about these guys going in because, you know, you didn't have Joe Hayden around. Hayden was getting a little older, but Joe knew what he was doing back there. It was a comforting thing to have him. Then all of a sudden, it's like, what are you really going to get out of Akella Witherspoon? What are you going to get out of 
Levi Wallace, is Cam Sutton going to be inside or outside? Can Arthur Mallette hold down the corner? We're starting to see not only answers to those questions, but I don't know about you, but the way Josh Jackson played, the way James Pierre played, I wouldn't be in any rush to hurry somebody back until they're 100%. You know, I'm not suggesting that they're going to get Wally pipped out of there, but they could take their time and get them right and maybe see a little bit more of what they saw, especially from Pierre. I, I did not envision that. Pierre has impressed management at times before and then got a little spotty, so who knows which reality that was on Sunday, but certainly worth a little bit more of a look. And all of a sudden, listen to the dialogue we're having here. What's your shortcoming? What's your weakness? Especially once you get the best football player on the planet back into your alignment. When we come back, J1Q. Steelers is brought to you by our friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. They are the one, the only, the premier destination in Pittsburgh for craft beer. More than 500 craft beers available, more than 350 of those local, and more than 80 of those on tap. Mike's can't be topped, not for beer, not for the awesome kitchen and menu that's available, not for all the special events that are going on there. Check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Today's J1Q comes from Sean, who asks DK, my question is, how in the world can Kenny Pickett already be cleared for full participation in practice based on the concussion protocol rules? It just seems like a rapid timeline that is not applied to anyone else this season. Unless, is it possible that on Sunday he was not actually officially diagnosed with a concussion? Sean, I I have a lot of the same reaction that you just did to all of the various statements about Kenny, and and that's to say nothing of Kenny actually being a first-team, at least part-time, participant yesterday, meaning that he wasn't the only quarterback who worked with the first team, but he was a full participant in the session, according to Deontay Johnson. But the question that you ask that comes with the most weight was the very last one, and that is, was he all the way diagnosed with a concussion, and what exactly constitutes that? The most maddening and the most dangerous thing about concussions is that They can be diagnosed mostly based on symptoms. The symptoms are occurring inside your head. The number of people who know what's going inside your head is exactly one. If there's major damage or things like that, you can get into MRIs and so forth. But concussions are diagnosed by checking symptoms by talking to the afflicted, by uh, 
showing them tests, visual tests, and seeing how it is that they respond. Can they beat it? Yes. Do they beat it? Yes. Does the test get them sometimes? Yes, also. But it's not exact. It's not like looking at an MRI of a torn ligament and saying, oh, there it is. 40% tear is going to be out, uh, you know, three to four weeks, whatever it is. This isn't that. Now, what I have noticed ever since Tua, and boy, what a week to be facing Tua himself, is that NFL teams are now starting to say, instead of so-and-so is being uh, tested for possible concussion symptoms, they couch this in every conceivable way so that people like me and you don't ask questions as to whether or not they actually have a concussion. When Pat Fryermuth went out, the Steelers in the press box and I don't know how this came across on television or if they announced it the same way, but in the press box coming directly from the team, the announcement was Fryermuth has been downgraded to out with a concussion. There wasn't anything about a concussion protocol. There wasn't anything about concussion symptoms. There wasn't anything about testing this, evaluating that. He just had a concussion. Now, does even that matter? Because that's just phrasing. And it's just somebody in the press box who, by the way, might misspeak. Or could later say that he or she misspoke. Here's the best that I can do without being, you know, the Steelers' medical team. If Kenny Pickett goes off that field with what they believed to be a possible concussion, and then they do tests on the spot where they determine that, okay, yes, he's somebody that we need to put into the concussion protocol. The protocol then has its own set of rules that all 32 teams are required, especially post-TUA, meaning the Dolphins have to do it as well, to follow the same guidelines. So that occurs Sunday. Kenny doesn't play in the rest of the game, and that's another pattern that you've noticed lately too. Guys come right out of the game. There's no more of this blue tent and then back on the field. Guys are out of the game, so Kenny doesn't risk further injury. Kenny stays out. Kenny gets evaluated Sunday. Kenny gets evaluated Monday. Kenny gets evaluated maybe Tuesday morning, at which point Mike Tomlin says, at this point, he is trending toward dot, dot, dot. You follow me so far? Okay. Now, Kenny still has to stay clear of concussion symptoms for X number of days in order to get all the way out. What this activity and this wording tells me is that he's been symptom-free since Sunday, which is a great sign, a positive indicator. And the fact that he would have been a full participant in practice yesterday, although he's not exactly getting knocked around, is the highest and best indicator to date, obviously. But, and not to be that guy, if he were to show up today at the Steelers facility and have headaches and dizziness or whatever else here, he's still in the protocol and he's absolutely not playing on Sunday. Do you follow me? I, I didn't mean to ruin anybody's morning here, but that's what it means to be in the protocol. And that's what I'm trying to explain to you. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do one more tomorrow before the flight all the way down to South Florida. Every day we rise, 
challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.